a disastrous weekend for the Seahawks. They got shut out at Lambeau and Rodgers didn't even play that well. And an epic choke job by the Washington Huskies. But hey, we're here to talk about good things on the horizons for both the Seahawks and the Huskies. This is Courts and Fields. Welcome, I'm Tim Kelly, and let's just get it over with quickly. When talking about the Seahawks, 17 to nothing loss at Green Bay. Russell Carrington Wilson coming back from a broken finger, went a bunch of different places. Yeah, um, maybe the worst game of his career, one of the worst games of his career. Um, Rodgers also not good. Neither a game with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, neither quarterback throwing a touchdown pass, and they threw three picks combined. Russell throwing <clears throat> both of his in the actually all three interceptions were in the end zone. Oh, that's boy, that is a uh, that is a weird factoid just dawning on me right now. Anyways, I will quit arguing with myself. 3 nothing at halftime, 3 nothing heading into the third, or heading into the fourth quarter. Green Bay gets two touchdowns late. Thanks to A.J. Dillon, what were they calling him, thighs, something about his thighs. Dude has tree trunks for legs. Um, Yeah, Wilson's first interception was just a terrible throw. The second one, also pretty bad. It was desperate, but thrown into what, double, triple coverage with... Tyler Lockett. Ugh. Uh, Aaron Rodgers picked off by Jamal Adams. Uh, Seahawks just don't seem to have much of an identity in this game. <clears throat> the hope is that it's Russell Wilson's finger not being good. Uh, the highlight of the game was probably Pete Carroll throwing out a flip phone when he was looking for his challenge flag. Yes, but um, yeah, just awful. They game plan, they ran 11 times. Really... Wilson had five carries. Alex Collins, 10, or excuse me, they ran 16 times total. Take out the quarterback scrambles. Take out the fourth and one kind of trick play with Travis Homer where they deep snapped him and he got two yards. Alex Collins only ran the ball 10 times. It was a 3 nothing game heading into halftime. Metcalf, only three catches on eight targets. <clears throat> they were getting in his head. He got ejected from the game and tried to play again. That might have been the highlight of the game. I don't know. For a horrendous game, there were a few there were a few highlights. They always felt like they were in it, but not really. Um yeah, let's just let's just wash our hands of this game. Uh it was one of the games I picked last week. I thought the Hawks would win. Uh yeah, one in four week <clears throat> last week. Thought the Falcons, you know, nine and a half to the Cowboys get slaughtered forty three to three. That was my first L. Saints at Titans. Three and a half point favorites were the Titans. Only one by two. The second L of the week. Browns at Patriots. Okay, I thought the Browns would <clears throat> do okay. Nope. 45 to 7. Third L. Hawks playing the Packers. There's your fourth L. The Chiefs at the Raiders. Two and a half point favorites and the Chiefs. Yeah. 41-14. So, yeah, one and four brings me to 24 
25 and one on the year. We'll give more picks in a little bit. Just going through other games, the Colts beating the Jags 23-17, thanks to uh, Jonathan Taylor, 116 yards and a touchdown and a blocked punt. Bills whipped up on the Jets, uh, whooped up on the Jets. They'll say whooped up on the Jets, not a... Uh, yeah, uh, 45 to 17, uh, Mike White, not, we got dominated. He will be benched now. Looks like Joe Flacco, wacko for Flacco, going to be starting for the Jets this week, but yeah, <clears throat> Josh Allen, a 366 yard, two touchdown game. The Steelers fumbling the ball, end up tying the Lions at home. The losing streak is over for the Lions, <clears throat> but they have an 0-16 season. They can be the first team to go 0-16-1 if they try really hard. Washington beating the Bucks coming off a of bye week. Brady picked off twice, sadly, for the uh, Washington football team. Chase Young tore his ACL out for the year. But yeah, Taylor Heineke, 26-32. The Panthers just destroy the Cardinals, 34-10. Cam Newton, granted, P.J. Walker threw 29 passes. Newton would come in for some trick plays, but Cam Newton is back, baby. He's supposedly going to be starting this week for the Panthers. But, yeah, <clears throat> Cardinals were without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is going to be out again this week. Murray's a game-time decision. They're 8-2. and two. Uh, if the playoffs, and we'll talk playoffs in a few minutes here, if the playoffs started, they would be, well, they're, they're eight and two along with the Packers, uh, Packers hold the tie break based on head to head win percentage, which is just, yeah, whatever. Uh, let's see here, but they will play. I don't know what week they play, but they will play each other this week or this week, this year. Vikings beating the Chargers. The Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert, <clears throat> just a kind of a shell of himself. The Vikings four and five. The Chargers fall to five and four. Eagles going to Denver, win thirty to thirteen. Um, and Darius Slay a scoop and score, leading the victory. And Teddy Bridgewater made a business decision to not make a tackle, yeah, but wouldn't have meant much. And then. Yeah, Niners win their first home game over here. Monday Night Football beat the Rams 31-10. to Matthew Stafford through, has been not playing particularly great. Robert Woods did tear his ACL on Friday. OBJ <clears throat> was yet to play for the um, Rams. I mean, obviously he was just traded. He, he was... Not fully, I should say, integrated into the team system. He did play. He had two catches for 18 yards. Cooper Cup, 11 catches. But doesn't really matter. <clears throat> so let's take a look. Playoff standings right now. Tennessee, 8-2, and two, top of the AFC. It will be interesting. I believe next week they play the um, Patriots. Uh, the Bills are the two seed at six and three. The Ravens six and three. The Chiefs six and four. Patriots would be the five seed at seven and four. Game, well, yeah. 
they just played they played Thursday night, so they have an extra win. So they'll either be uh, half a game ahead of the Bills or half a game behind the Bills after this week. The Steelers are the sixth seed at five three and one. The Chargers would be the seventh seed at five and four with the Raiders and Bengals both at five and four. Uh, the Raiders and the Bengals play, so there's a de facto elimination game. And also the Steelers and the Chargers play, so six and seven and eight and nine play each other this week. The Colts and Browns and Broncos are all tied at five and five. And then three and seven Miami, two and seven New York, two and seven Jacksonville, one and eight Houston. <clears throat> but I mean you look at that six through twelve, there is what? I mean a half a game. A half a game between 7 through 12, and then, I don't know, factoring in that tie for the Steelers. But yes, Titans would have the round one bye. The Bills and Chargers would play. The Ravens and Steelers, that'd be great. And the Chiefs-Patriots, wow. With the Chiefs going to the... Or the Patriots going to Kansas City, the Steelers going to Baltimore, and the Chargers going to the Bills. The NFC, Green Bay, <clears throat> atop... 8 and 2. Arizona right behind them at 2 seed 8 and 2. Cowboys half a game back at 7 and 2. Bucks 6 and 3 would be the 4 seed. Right now the Rams at 7 and 3 would be the 5 seed. The Saints at 5 and 4 would be the 6 seed and the 5 and 5 Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we're back. That was my other prediction. Titans to the Super Bowl, they're the 1 seed and the Panthers making the playoffs. And I, look at that. Look at that. You know how smart I am? Let's talk about how smart I am. I had Packers, Titans, Super Bowl. Here we are, 10 weeks into the season. <clears throat> and guess who are the top two teams? I know something. No, no, I don't. That was a very lucky prediction. But then it is crazy. Because the Lions are 0-8-1. So they'll take out 16. But between number 6 and number 15, it is two games difference. And really, when you take the seventh seed, it's only uh, a game and a half difference between seven and 15. <clears throat> the Vikings are four and five. The 49ers are four and five. The Eagles and Falcons are four and six. Washington, New York, Seattle, and Chicago, all three and six. Now, this is crazy. Seattle still plays. Chicago and Washington, and the Niners again. So they really, <clears throat> I mean, not really control their own destiny per se. Everybody does. They play, uh, one of the games we'll pick, they play the Cardinals. You know, you hate to use the term must win because really it's not a must win, but it kind of is a must win for the Hawks this week. Um, some the mathematical or analytical sites Hawks win this week. They'll have a 28% chance to make the playoffs. If they lose, <clears throat> it drops to a 6% chance. But like I said, they are only, I mean, right now, a game and a half out of the uh, seven seed. Now, issues arise. <clears throat> Minnesota's four and five. New Orleans is five and four. They've lost to both of those teams. The uh, 49ers are a game ahead of the Hawks. Hawks, though, if they finish with the same record right now, only one and one in the division. San Francisco, one and three. Hawks do have the head-to-head, -head, but 
way too much stuff to be sorted out. But I got into an argument with my trainer today about the Hawks making the playoffs. <clears throat> she thought, well, well, not I didn't get in an argument with her today. I got in an argue with her, argument with her this week. She said there's no way they're going to beat the Cardinals twice and the Rams once. So I said, ah, division games, you never know. All they have to do is win one of those games, boom. Okay, they're 4-8. and eight. And You're like, well, that's not good. But like I said, Lions, they, or they play... They play the Lions, so there's five and eight. They play the Bears, there's six and eight. They play Washington football team, there's seven and eight. They play the Niners again, there's eight and eight. And they have Houston, nine and eight. I can see it. I can see it right now. I am guarantee you I'm the overly optimistic Seahawks fan. But um, hopefully Russell was just uh, his 20 for 40 performance with two picks was just him getting back into the groove of things. Hopefully... Uh, games this week, Colts at Bills. Colts 5-5, five and five, Bills 6-3, and 7.5 point favorites are the Bills. That is a huge line with how the Colts have been playing, running the ball. I'm going to take the Bills, though. They seem to get uh, get on the right track. Mind you, I went 1-4 and four last week, and I'm under 500 for the year on these picks. 5-4 and four Bengals at 5-4 and four Raiders. Bengals, 1.5 point favorites on the road. I'm going with the Bengals. I don't really, I just haven't been impressed with the Raiders lately. Bengals have been very unimpressive after beating Baltimore uh, with losses to the, uh, they got destroyed by the Browns and <clears throat> losing to the Jets. Seven and two Cowboys at six and four Chiefs. Two and a half point favorite Chiefs. Now, both these teams looked very good last week. I mean, they combined for 84 points. They combined to only give up 17 points. But going with the Chiefs at home. Cardinals at Seahawks. Seahawks two-and-a-half point home dogs. Like I said, DeAndre Hopkins is out. Kyler Murray's a game-time decision. The Hawks really need to win this game. Now, if Russell is shot we will find out. Hopefully it was just one game after not playing for a month. But I'm going with the Hawks. That is definitely a homer pick. Maybe I'm optimistic that they can make that 28% to the playoffs. Who knows? And last, the 5-3-1 Steelers at the 5-4 Chargers. Chargers 4.5-point favorites. Steelers embarrassing last week. With their tie to Detroit. The Chargers have been on a decline. But the Chargers are going to bounce back. And I think they're going to win by that four and a half points. Especially if, you know, they're... Especially if uh, Haskins or Rudolph is getting the start for the Steelers. But yes, those are the picks this week. Let's see. Let's see if we can get above 500. It is not looking good. It has been an awful year. Well, except for picking the one seeds of uh, both conferences and maybe those 5-5 five and five Carolina Panthers. It has been an awful week of predictions for me. Awful week, awful year. I can't even, I can't even tell months, weeks, years, days. I am all over the place. With Jimmy Lake suspended, now fired, but suspended when 4-5 and five Washington hosted 6-3 and three Arizona State. Um, not very high expectations. Dogs jumped out to a 14-0 lead after the 
uh, first quarter, 17-7 at halftime, 24-14 at the end of the third quarter, about less than six minutes to go, looking pretty good. Arizona State gets a touchdown, though. It's 24-21. With a minute 11, Arizona State took the lead, 28-24. Then 40 seconds later, a pick six, Washington snatched defeat from the jaws of victory of 35-24. They actually, in 29 seconds, were able to get a touchdown to make it 35-30. But yes, like we mentioned, <clears throat> Lake fired. And now comes who's going to be the head coach. So I went to uwdogpound.com on the internet, an SB Nation site, a uh, pretty good site. Max uh, Vrooman put the Washington, put together the Washington Coaching Target Big Board 1.0. Said all the names you could reasonably think will be in UW's crosshairs with reasons why they would or wouldn't be a fit for the Huskies. Um, so, yeah, there's a uh, realism score and an excitement score. I'm not going to read too much. I'm just going to read the names. Kind of give you a few background a little bit and give you my uh, my thoughts. I have some coaches that I'm excited for. Obviously, don't want any coordinators. It's, it's interesting <clears throat> listening to people talk. A lot of people thought Jimmy Lake was the right person for the job when he was hired, but they also agreed with his firing. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, what's Ferris Bueller say? Life comes uh, at you pretty fast, yeah. Need to stop every once in a while and take a look. I think I butchered that quote, but you know where I'm going with that. <clears throat> so, the first name they mentioned, Justin Wilcox, head coach at Cal. He's been 24 and 27. Former UW defensive coordinator under Sark. Also, Chris Peterson, former Husky coach. Coach was his D coordinator at Boise State. Uh 2006 to 2009 has sec big 12 experience a lot of pac 12 experience so people would like him right because oh he's a defensive guy keep the continuity on defense he's a very good defensive coach the problem is his offenses at cal have been atrocious atrocious took bo baldwin who was the eastern washington national championship coach and in 2007 I covered him when he was coaching Central when I was what KNDO in Yakima. Very nice guy. Got the head job at Eastern the next year. But anyways, Baldwin was fired. He's at Cal Poly doing horrible. Kind of sad to see because he was a very good coach. But hey, enough about Bo Baldwin. Very nice guy. But uh, Wilcox, a lot of people make excuses for the challenges at Cal. But, you know... He's probably the safest hire. <clears throat> Jen Cohen, uh, Cam Cleland quoted Jen Cohen as saying uh, something about having the money to hire whoever they want. <clears throat> Paraphrasing, but it was said to that. Mel Tucker, who has had, in his third season head coach, he's got Michigan State uh, vying for a Big Big Ten title. Uh, might, might go to a New Year's Six Bowl game, but... His third season is his first winning season. Is locking up a ten-year, ninety-five million dollar extension. So that's Michigan State. You know, 
<clears throat> Ned D'Antonio, who was a good coach for them, got him. Did he get him the playoff that one year? He did get him the playoff one year. And, uh, you know, Saban was there before. But, yes, I just don't think Wilcox <clears> – <throat> I don't like the fact that he kind of has ties to the Boise State regime as much as, like, Peterson and what he did. Also, he's a defensive coach that can't seem to find an offensive coordinator. <clears throat> Hard pass. Kalen DeBoer, head coach at Fresno. It's 11-6 right now. Um, he had uh, won some national championships uh, coaching NAIA football, but uh, then jumped around and coached offense at uh, Fresno and made Indiana really good. Um, <clears throat> seems to be able to talk to quarterbacks. Um, he's an offensive guy. We don't know how good he is with defense. We don't know what he's like as a recruiter. Um, I don't hate, I wouldn't hate him as a hire, but I think, (coughs) excuse me. I don't have a cough button on this recording device. I should find one, (coughs) but on days like where I'm at, I apologize. It sounds terrible. Not very professional, but yes, the boar. I don't really want Mountain West coaches. Uh, Jay Norvell, 32-25 and 25 as Nevada's head coach. Uh, he's been a coordinator at uh, Oklahoma. He's uh, been an um, offensive assistant at Arizona State. He's been around the West. Uh, the problem is he's had winning seasons, but he's never really – won the conference. So does that translate? Again, it's another Mountain West coach. He's also older, be 58. You wonder, I mean, you shouldn't discriminate somebody because of age, but how long is he going to want to coach? Um, you know, kind of seems like a guy who, kind of like Wilcox, who seems to be jumping at the bit to leave Cal, probably somebody who would leave for a job. Uh, one, they have Bronco Bedenhall. Current coach at Virginia, also spent some time in the 90s at Oregon State. Head coach at BYU for a decade from 05 to 2015. Um, Yeah, I mean, he was decent at BYU. He's been 500 at Virginia. He's rebuilding Virginia. But again, defensive coordinator, background. His offenses haven't been particularly exciting. I would pass on him. Jonathan Smith, Oregon State. Head coach, former UW offensive coordinator who people hated. Um, he's turned Oregon State around. They are bowl eligible, so that's great for the Beavs. But that's his alma mater. Um, again, I kind of like the idea of having an offensive coach. That's not terrible. But again, I just don't know. I mean, the excitement the excitement's not there. Just kind of flat. You know, it's Oregon State. Here's one I like. They have Tom Herman. Offensive mastermind. Was good at Houston. Good at Texas. He went 5-0 and in bowl games. Won a Peach Bowl. Won a Sugar Bowl. And granted, I guess the guy is just kind of a jerk and doesn't really get along with people. Um, <clears throat> didn't back the school's fight song that has racial uh, racist origins. Um... So, I mean, 
that that's at Texas. Is uh, probably politically relying very well at UW, but I like that he always won bowl games. He's fifty four and twenty two for his career. You say, well, he failed at Texas. Well, it seems like there's a lot of big issues going on at Texas, doesn't it? I mean, Mac Brown wasn't particularly great. Charlie Strong failed. Tom Herman failed. Sarkeesian, first coach to have what six five is it five or six straight losses since nineteen fifty six. When uh, I brought in Daryl Royal, who left UW to go to Texas. But yeah, <clears throat> seems like there's a lot. Um, a lot of issues at Texas. Doesn't seem like he does the greatest with the boosters. You know, some people say he had elite talent at Texas, can only, only go 32 and 18. It's from the West Coast, though. <clears throat> I really like that hire. Dave Clawson, head coach at Wake Forest, 49 and 46. Guy has uh, <clears throat> coached Fordham, Richmond, Bowling Green, now Wake Forest. He turns all of them around. He's got a very creative offense. They're second in the country in points per game. Um, take advantage of the RPO, as the article says. I like this idea. It has no ties to the West Coast. But here's the thing. Just bring him out here. Bring him, bring his offensive coordinator, bring his defensive coordinator, and hire a bunch of West Coast recruiters to fill out those assistant roles. <clears throat> you can bring connections. I mean, if you think about it, the best, you look at school's best coaches, Washington with Don James. He was from Kent State. Oregon with Chip Kelly. He was offensive coordinator for two years, but he came from New Hampshire. Pete Carroll hadn't coached in college in what, 20 years, 15, 20 years, but when USC hired him, yeah, there was, there was some good, uh, it doesn't have to be West Coast. I think people focus too much on that. Can they coach? Uh, BYU coach Kalani Satake. Again, another defensive coordinator. Um, lost his offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, went to Baylor, Dave Aranda, who, another name who might be popping up. Uh, Stucky, not, not a bad, I wouldn't hate the hire. I mean, if he's smart enough to bring his, uh, the good offense with him. Uh, but, you know, they're moving to the Big 12. So will BYU do whatever they can? They have a sweet uh, NIL deal. I forget the company's name. But, yeah, BYU's got some money flowing in there. Um <clears throat> It would also be, uh, you know, he is LDS, his alma mater. He's coached at Utah, too, so maybe he wants to stay there. Uh, Joe Moorhead, Oregon's offensive coordinator. I don't know. He was, he's been a very good offensive coordinator at Penn State and Oregon. Uh, Mississippi State, though, 14 and 12 as a head coach there. Seemed, uh, you know, irony being is he was, he replaced a fired John Donovan as coordinator at uh Penn State in 2016 and then they were both available in 2020 Washington hired Donovan Moorhead went to Oregon yeah not looking great um yeah then and kind of he he lost his job at Mississippi State because players were getting into fights so not looking good for him uh and really his quarterback coaching at Oregon has a little more to be desired. 
<clears throat> now, this is what they call when you wish upon a star, the realism or the, you know, very, very low chance of happening. Billy Napier, the head coach at Louisiana, formerly Lafayette, still the Raging Cajuns, 37 and 12 since 2018. The year before that, he was offensive coordinator at Arizona State. Spent four years at Alabama. He'd been at Colorado State. He'd also been at Clemson. Guy has experience. Um, kind of weird that he's never taken a job. I mean, not not weird. 2018 is pretty new, but he's had some good years. <clears throat> um, LSU's open, though. Um, you know, and the other musical chairs might make some more attractive jobs. Also, Florida might open up. Uh, you know, they gave up over 50 points to Samford. Not Stanford, Samford. So it kind of seems like he can kind of go wherever he wants. Um, did average 32 points a game as Arizona State's um, offensive coordinator. <clears throat> the one that doesn't make sense to me, Bob Stoops. Uh, he hasn't coached since 2016. But as Oklahoma's head coach, won a national championship and won 190 and 48. Uh, won double-digit games in 14 of his 18 years. Uh, obviously, lots of resources. But, yeah, just I, I don't know why. I mean, a coach sitting out that long. I mean, it seems in theory like he'd be great. He'd have to you – know, he's a defensive-minded guy. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who he'd bring in to coach offense. But, yeah, I don't know. He's also 61. Again, not to be ageist, but <clears throat> now Lincoln Riley took over for him and has done great at Oklahoma, getting him in the playoffs each year. Seems like every year. So, yeah. Matt Campbell, Iowa State head coach, 41 and 32. Also coached at Toledo, uh, Ohio, not Toledo, Washington. He's had a lot of success. Some people I know aren't really impressed with him. Um, because he's only won 40 games. He's gone 41 and 32. You know, seems to drop some games. I mean, again, he's coaching at Iowa State. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's I think he's a uh he's a pretty good coach. Uh from the same small town as Don James. That's why people want him at UW. But uh <clears throat> yeah. It's really Iowa State not a good power conference job. Um, again, another guy who kind of seems to be able to pick wherever he wants to go. And with him being in the Midwest, I mean, if Penn State opens up because Franklin bolts to USC, he could go to USC. There's LSU. You just never know what could happen. Uh, that is on their list. Um, other names <clears throat> that have been thrown out. Um, I mean, really the big one, Dave Aranda, the head coach at Baylor. In his second year, uh, had Larry Fedora as offensive coordinator last year. Fedora wasn't cutting it. He fired him, brought in Grimes, Jeff Grimes from BYU, and the offense has been doing good there. Competing for a conference title, knocked off Oklahoma last week. So, But again, he's coached at LSU. So there's that. He was the D coordinator when they won the national title and a team some think is one of the greatest college teams of all time. And then he's from California, so some think he might get the USC job. It will be very interesting. A lot of Husky fans have thrown out Kellen Moore. 
terrible idea in my uh in my mind just based on the fact that he um just I mean he's never coached he's never coached in college and I know he's doing good in the NFL with his offenses but yeah just uh, again, you went the coordinator route with Jimmy Lake, and that just didn't work. So yeah, I don't. I think I'm trying to think. I think that's all the coaches that everybody's kind of thrown out there. I mean, you can always throw all sorts of names. Anyone that has some uh, modicum of success, but uh, and and back to Kalen DeBoer, I do like that name. He was the coach at Sioux Falls in the NAIA, two thousand five to two thousand nine. Went 67-3, and three, three national championship games, and lost one of those national championship games. Went 49-1 and one in his conference. So that guy seems to coach at lower levels too. So we will see. Yeah, other names that have been mentioned. I know Jim McElwain was mentioned. He's at Central Michigan. He bombed pretty hard out at Florida. Uh, he's kind of been revamping at Central Michigan, but was successful at Colorado State too. Uh Former, I believe he was a quarterback at Eastern Washington. Was good friends. I believe roommates with Colin Cowherd there too. So, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of names. Some people throw out coordinators. Who knows? If UW has the money, it seems like they can get whoever they want. But the reality is it's an arms race. A lot of people can get, a lot of people seem to think, I mean, Oregon uh, has uh, Mario Cristobal, but you hear all sorts of rumors that SC's looked at him. Miami supposedly is going to have a ton of money now that they can throw out a coach. So we shall see. It'll be a guessing game. A uh, prominent Seattle radio host who has uh, very good ties to the UW program. I think you all know who I'm talking about. Uh, was talking with a national college football broadcaster who also hosts a drive-time radio program in Los Angeles, one Petros Papadakis. I thought it was Papadakis, but I've heard Papadakis, Dockies. I I don't know. We'll just go with Petros. Uh, USC alum, hated by his fellow USC alums. But um, while they were discussing... Uh, the Seattle radio host mentioned that, hey, yeah, I'm pretty sure they are going to want to have this higher next week. I mean, it was earlier this week that was said. And also uh, have it shortly after the Apple Cup. So that would mean they've already identified someone and talked to someone. Who knows what that means? I mean, obviously, when you have someone like Bob Stoops, who is currently an analyst with Fox sports it would be pretty easy to have something locked up with him but these other coaches even or or a tom herman oh as i'm as i'm rambling so yes sorry i shouldn't say rambling as i'm talking yeah it it's very interesting so petros said well it sounds like you know something that uh, maybe we all don't and then the radio host played very coy but yes, it really did seem like he might know something. I hope it's not. They've already been talking to Justin Wilcox and have those uh, back channels open and ready to go. Oh, I forgot to mention 
my number one target for head coach. Not mentioned, a former Pac-12 coach, a former SEC coach, a current SEC coach. He was also a former coach, a former NFL coach. Yes, Lane Kiffin. Now, I know a lot of people say that's crazy. Uh, dudes actually seem to have mellowed down a lot the last few years. Also, um, uh, was very successful at Florida Atlantic. <clears throat> Got the Ole Miss job. He's been doing very well at Ole Miss. There's some belief that he doesn't want to be in uh, at Ole Miss anymore. Um, so he might be looking for jobs. And again, he did well at Florida Atlantic. He likes Miami. Maybe he wants to go there. LSU is open. But there's part of me that's like, hey, come to Seattle. And he got his whole team vaccinated. So, you know, there's some uh, ideology that he uh, will get along with uh, upper campus at UW. He's, it's not, uh, he's not as uh, rambunctious or wild as he seems. I mean, let me rephrase that. He, uh, he went on college game day. He makes picks. But he's not as, uh, I don't think he's as arrogant as he was. I mean, he still talks junk and seems like he likes to have fun but I think the arrogance factor I think it's I think it's gone down a little bit but yeah Lane Kiffin probably would be my number one target but yeah we'll see like I said Kiffin uh Napier uh Campbell Herman I want those guys I'd be good with DeBoer but like don't give don't give us Jonathan Smith don't give Justin Wilcox it just or Norval. It just seems like those will be the easiest tires. And those, if they have all the money that uh, Jen Cohen uh, claims that they have, they should be able to get whatever coach they want. Thank you for listening. Again, I'm Tim Kelly. This is Courts and Fields. And may your football team win this week, unless it's a team that I don't like. <laughs>